uh, my attitude towards everything um, that we're in control of. And I mean, those those three things, those three or four things, can change the way you live your life. Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? It's your boy, Tito, and welcome to another episode of Maintain the Design. Today, we have an IFBB Pro League athlete and strength and conditioning coach and trainer, Chris Rabenheimer. Um, so how have you been, bro? How's your year been going? Um, obviously, like, it's been a turbulent year. And um, just, like, from a fitness perspective, how have you been, like, managed to just stay in shape regardless of everything okay. that's been going on this year? Bro, like, look, let me, let me tell you... Uh, it's taught me, a, it teaches you a lot about yourself. Eh? Yeah. Um, because everything was like half flying, like uh, uh, came off a great contest end of uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, qualified to go overseas for my pro card and that type of thing. And then um, I got invited to Vegas and I was going to do the, I wanted to do the amateur Olympia. Um, and that would have allowed me to actually probably train and be backstage with most of the Olympians and everybody knows the pros. Yeah. Uh, which has just been win or lose a hell of an experience, like a bucket list tick for me. Yeah, for um, sure. And then we, we got we were given like a few days to get into lockdown, bro. Yeah. And all the gyms started closing. Look, I used I trained probably on the last day, probably three times to try and make try and make use of the virgin as much as I could. Yeah. And then, um, then bro, what I did was uh, just just to, just to, to to have a bit of foresight, I went to just bought. Two, two 10 gauge adjustable dumbbells, a few resistant bands, a skipping rope, a Swiss ball. Um, and that's all I could get my hands on, bro, because it was like a frenzy. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. All of a sudden, everybody was on this health tip and wanted to buy weights for their house, even people who never trained before. And uh, shit, yeah, it was a bit crazy, bro. And yeah. um, what I found was that uh, it's the mental game that plays on you, yeah. not the physical game. Yeah, because um, I mean, I came off contest. Um, I picked up a, quite a bit of weight, and then I was happy to to get back into condition. And then in the first, I think two three weeks of lockdown, I lost about sure, six kgs, bro. Hectic. Um, and that was just due to not having resistance training. Obviously, not training as much or eating takes a, a back seat, and yeah. I wasn't eating as much. Um, and obviously, it just becomes like a a bad a bad. Um, like a whirlpool. Yeah. Uh, so you just start kind of spinning, bro. And then obviously you're thinking on, on the other side, because I'm a strength and conditioning coach and trainer, that the financial side gets to you as well. Yeah. So you you got to manage the financial side and also your physique side because you are your business. You look like your business. You're like you're walking, you're the marketing of your business. Um, and then you start losing condition in the mirror. And for an athlete, it's, it's such a mind game as well, bro. Yeah. Because uh, um, you kind of, uh, it's, it's a visual thing. So yeah. we're on stage, it's a visual yeah. thing, and you start losing condition, um, you start getting a bit down on yourself and that. So my biggest uh, accomplishment was overcoming that and having the mindset to kind of put a, pro- put a program together for myself with what I had. Yeah. Um, I live in a, a secure state of complex. So what I would do is, I know you weren't allowed running and stuff like that, but I would get up at four when everybody's asleep and run. Yeah, I'd run around the combat. I'd probably run about four Ks, four Ks in the dark game. I would, and then I'd get back all sweaty and shit, happy because you've started the day off well. 
Um, I then start, I'd eat, I'd keep to kind of, kind of a strict diet because, you know, you're only allowed to go to the shops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then just it is routine, bro. Routine wins. Routine and consistency wins above everything, especially in this fitness and bodybuilding game. Yeah. So I, I kept to that. I did lose a bit of weight, but I still kept lean at least. And then, um, look, bro, but I think our lockdown was pro- proper lockdown was maybe six months or so. In the fifth month of the yeah. lockdown, like a month before a lot of the gyms started coming open, I got contacted by these people from a private gym and said, listen, aren't you supposed to compete or whatever? Do you want to come and train by us? And it was like an underground gym, bro, like a proper old school rustic, like they were greasing the stuff. And it was old school. <laughs> um, like I don't know where they, they even found these weights, bro, because it was like straight to Arnold Schwarzenegger and used to use. Um, and yes, the leg press was like man-made. So I went yeah. there, I looked around, I was like, well, it's better than what I've got. And then I would travel about an hour to the gym, bro. I would drive an hour to the gym, Hectic. train there for one and a half to two hours, and they only gave me a one and a half hour slot because it was very strict there. I had to take off your shoes, sanitize, mask. You weren't allowed speaking to anybody. You weren't allowed anywhere near anybody. Um, and then, yeah, bro, I started training. I started feeling better and better and better then. And I started putting on a little bit of lean muscle mass because obviously the more you train, the more you can consume. So I started eating better. And this becomes like almost like a discipline because with me, it's either one way or the other way, which is a bad thing. Like when I'm off season and I chow and all that type of thing, it's hard for me to keep discipline in like exactly what I'm doing. Unless I've got a game plan, like a contest yeah. to prep for. But if I, if I don't have a focus, then I choose to just live life and be happy, bro. Chow and dull <laughs> and all that type of shit. Yeah. But um, I've got, I've, like this made me learn to get over that because I really had to, set my alarm. So I would train twice a day. I would run at four o'clock in the morning. Then I would come and I would do the weight training on my balcony for a while. Then obviously when the other gym invited me, I would go, I would then drop the cardio because then my goal wasn't to lose weight or keep our body cardiovascular up. I would just want to go heavy weights and try and get the resistance in. So it took me a lot of time there to actually resist injury and carry on um, what you could say is just almost do strength training. Yeah. So to try and pick up size and get full again and use the calories that I've been consuming. Um, so I'm like, uh, it was a, it was a, the test was very mental for me. And then obviously coming out of this, then I tried to go back to Virgin. It just wasn't the same because now you have to wear a mask and all that type of thing. Um, on the financial side, um, when, it, when, the, when the restrictions started getting a bit less, I was fortunate enough to have some um, clients that had home gyms, clients that would allow me to come and bring the stuff that I actually bought for myself and uh, start training them. So that was a form of income. Um, a few of them, obviously, I, I, tried to, I tried to suggest them to go to other trainers in the area and they wouldn't. So I started Zoom training, which is a new thing for me. Yeah. So um, that was cool that I learned like that. Even I've got still a few clients that are on Zoom, like that are either in different cities or towns or provinces, which is pretty cool. Um, and then obviously coming out of that, I uh, started hitting the gym hard again. I've recently started training twice again. So I'll get up in the morning, do faster cardio and uh, get back into shape and a bit more, like almost like almost uh, tight. All I was yeah. trying to do was to tighten up a little bit. I'm not too worried about being shredded or lean or whatever, because I mean, all these guys were, com- were, were, were prepping. I know guys were prepping their, their, their butts off, bro, like spending all the money, doing all the dieting, hard, hard, hard. And then uh, their contest got canceled. And yes. it's such a, it's a, yeah, it's such a dramatic thing because the amount of strain you put on your body, financially, mentally, physically, and then, um, bro, it's mad. Uh, then the, the contest got cancelled. And I don't know if you heard about. I'm trying to think of his name now. He actually committed suicide. A young guy, bro. 
Hectic. Um, a he's, one of the, he's one of the IPB, pro, yeah, IPB pros overseas. I've got his, he's a British guy, I've got his, I've got his face in my head. I just can't remember his name exactly, but he also committed suicide. And this is what like, happens in this industry, bro, because obviously you're taking a lot of different supplements, a lot of enhancers, and yeah. then you get locked down. And I mean, if you're a pro bodybuilder, your body is your temple, bro. Like that's all people know you know you for. Yeah, um, for sure. And then when you start losing it and then you're obviously off that other stuff, it does affect everything, your mental capacity, your hormones and everything. And you never know what could happen. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's, it's quite sad. And the guys were quite young as well. So um, uh, but that happened. And I can tell you probably that shot up, even though it's not disclosed in the, in the media, that yeah. uh, suicide that probably shot up dramatically. Yeah. Um, bodybuilding or not, uh, because it's quite tough for people to be on their own, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, since then, bro, I've, um, I've been uh, training quite consistently. Uh, I've put on about four to five kgs of lean mass and maintained it now. Um, I'm not looking to get shredded or anything because I, I've got invited to a comp in March next year now, which I'm still deciding on because one thing people must remember is that I'm like, I'm 36 years old, bro. So I don't live with my parents. Um, yeah. I've got responsibilities. I mean, my son's in Paris at the moment. So uh, like there's, there's like a world of, it's like uh, when you're competing, it becomes your world. Yeah. So you have to be able to eat, sleep, train, keep the stress to a very, very, very minimal level because uh, stress kills everything. If I can tell everybody that stress raises your cortisol and that's like the enemy of bodybuilding or e- enemy of any performance is stress. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, obviously now being out we've picked up a couple of clients the business has grown I've just uh, I got sponsored by Move Fitness so I'm now training in their facility um, awesome. and it's a world class facility at the moment yeah so like, uh, like even one day when you're ready bro come through have a session with me because no, sure. um, like your, your, your eyes will be opened at the the, the, the technology and, and just the stuff that they have there and the quality of it yeah um, so what I can say is coming out of it look there's been a lot of positives but now knowing that you got out of it. And I believe that any South African with our economy and the way this country's run, if you, if you made it out of lockdown and you're smiling, you still got a roof over your head and you've got a little bit of income and you're with family and that type of thing, you're blessed, bro. And you can yeah, probably make Yeah, for income. sure. Definitely, bro. Definitely. And it's crazy, bro. Like, bro. <laughs> and it's crazy, bro. Like how you mentioned, like training from home because I had the same experience. Like I just got like resistance bands and stuff. And it's crazy how like, you'd think training from home is actually easier, but it's actually more difficult because like you always overcompensating, you know, with all the exercise yeah. that you do and stuff, you always yeah. overcompensate. Yeah, you're probably overtraining. Yeah. And it's so comfortable and convenient. And then sometimes you don't, like you have to really force yourself, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, there were a number of times that I would, um, I'd be chilling, <laughs> watching Netflix or whatever. And then I would like think to myself, nah, I'm not too <laughs> amped. Like, oh, why should I train? And I'd look at the weights, look at the resistance band. And then I'd be like, ah, then I'd go to the mirror and I'd be like, nah, shit. Get back on your balcony and, uh, and use it. And look, you, you adapt. Like you, you, know, you find all different types of exercises. And since then, I've actually uh, uh, acquired a few more resistance bands because, I mean, you can use it when you go camping, when you go away, it's light, you can pack it anywhere um, and then you can attach it anywhere. Like a few of these new ones come with different attachments to the top of the door for this, for that. And you can, I mean, train every body part just with the resistance and the tension and the isolation. And yeah. That's one thing I learned while, while training. Like I'll always incorporate different types of things, not only free weights now, like free weights and cables because a lot of the guys will go to the gym and it's easy and it's convenient and you'll just use cables and free weights. And yes, they work similarly, but also very differently. 
Yeah. Um, the way the resistance works, the tension, the negative and the positive and all that type of thing and the control and the effect it has on your stabilizers and your joints, et cetera. But also, I've started to use more um, resistance bands in a few movements. Um, I've also started to uh, use a lot more hammer strength equipment as well. If you've got injuries in it, so it doesn't put too much pressure on the joints because a lot of, a lot of, of late, a lot of guys have realized, bodybuilders and physique athletes, is that we are bodybuilders. We are not powerlifters. Yeah. So we, we, we can't, there, there'll come a time where we need to lift heavy weights and that, but it's not all the time. Banging heavy weights, day in, day out, pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, if your diet's not on point and your supplements and your enhancers aren't like tracked and everything, I mean, you're just putting damage on your joints. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've learned that the hard way from being young and, and smart and that. So my shoulder's been ruined since I was about 22. Yeah. Um, and I've just obviously had to train through that and go to physio and go to different therapies because I didn't really want to operate. And then, carry on just training through it. Like, I mean, even today, like if I do quite intense time under tension workouts for, for delts or whatever, the next two days I uh, can't do anything upper body. So I'll just yeah. use that for legs or a rest day or et cetera, et cetera, until it kind of the inflammation goes away and then I'll be training again. Hectic. And yeah, bro, I see, I see, I see you also been, you've been, you've been chefing it up during lockdown as well. I didn't know you had skills in the kitchen as well. <laughs> <laughs> bro, if you haven't learned a new skill during lockdown, what have you been doing? Bro? Yeah, honestly, honestly. <laughs> because I promise you, I, I, I was watching shows and that type of thing and I was like, okay, let me try, let me try. And I only, I only cook things I enjoy. So it is like omelets and pancakes and certain uh, gluten-free banting desserts and all that type of thing. And, uh, in my mind, like I read, like even the books that I read are all like, um, I don't know if you call them self-help or, or knowledgeable, you know, yeah, yeah. like uh, personal development, uh, personal development, bro, like uh, meditation and the way, like the, like saying uh, the uh, Robin Sharma, the, like the 5am club, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like Joe Dispenza's um, Becoming Supernatural and all this stuff is about mindset and how you can focus on it. So, I try to use the time lockdown uh, to 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 learn stuff, bro. Like I yeah, even downloaded yeah. a French Duolingo, and I was learning French, and then I was I was uh, d- d- trying different recipes and cooking. Um, I was trying different routines and exercises as well. Um, shit, I was I was even about to I was even about to start learning how to dance, bro. To <laughs> 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 a few of these apps, luckily yeah. I didn't get that deep, bro. But yeah, I was cooking. Um, do, uh, I, I, I do a few, I listen to like quite a lot of podcasts. I took a few master classes as well. Like you know, you get those free master classes. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, yeah, but these, I took a few of those as well. But I just try to because if your mind is busy, you're good, bro. If you keep busy, you're fine. Yeah. But what for I sure, find is sure. as soon as you're quiet and you start mulling over things and it becomes a whirlpool and it starts festering, that's when you start getting to panic mode, bro. Yeah, and yeah. That's what I saw with a lot of clients of mine and people and I just didn't want to get there. Like they were panicking about Corona and panic about this and panic. And what I've realized about everything is like, you can only panic about what you're in control of. Yeah. There's no point in worrying about what you're not in control of. I mean, yeah, for there's sure. so many variables that we're not in control of. We worry about and stress about all that type of thing. We don't even know what the outcome is. We're not even in control of it. But what we are in control of is, is the most important thing to worry about. Yeah. So like, how we, how we, what our perspective is and how we look at things and how we react to certain things. Um, our attitude towards everything um, that we're in control of. And I mean, those, those three things, those three or four things can change the way you live your life, bro. Yeah, the for way, sure. The way, the way the world and life is around you. 
just those yeah. different perspectives and mind attitudes adjustments can um, change people's lives dramatically. And what yeah. I found is during during the Zoom sessions and that, I was actually doing more mental coaching than physical coaching. Yeah. Um, because I think it was just more necessary. And even before that, uh, that's what I was, that's what was intriguing me the most is the mental side of things and not so much the physical side. Because I mean, I know what the body can do. I push the body to the limit. I know exactly what I can do with bodies, natural or enhanced or anything like that. But the mind, you can have someone that is gifted with all the talent in the world, like the best, bro. And if they got, if their mind is dirty and cluttered and a bit toxic, yeah, um, yeah bro, they, 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 they cannot take advantage. They never, fill, they never fulfill their full potential and they will never reach their full destiny that they're supposed to, bro. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, like in general life, not just in lockdown, I think, lockdown made us realize it even more is that like there's so much noise around us you know and occupying our minds i don't think is necessarily you know having that noise around you as an individual but more you know looking into yourself and try to be the best you know personal personal actually that's that's what i yeah the best you can be yeah because that's what i actually i did a lot and i was actually i actually learned how to meditate because i used to believe it's hopeless focus before uh before uh, lockdown really like you know i used to try and, and i'd get distracted and the thoughts would run through my mind and i could never be calm and still and then through the books and stuff i was reading i actually practiced and i started right and um i learned uh, i'm not a pro but i've learned the art of meditation and yeah. how to go about it and that's helped me uh, dramatically even in my training mm. because I, I i i feel like my training is a form of meditation as well so if I'm um, if I'm training, I'm relaxed. I'm in the zone. It's like, oh, like people. Some people say it's therapy, but you use that to calm your like men and athletes use it to calm themselves. You know, to get rid of some aggression and testosterone and and, yeah. and stress and that type of thing. And then if you take time between your tests, your your your, your sets, sorry, just to breathe in and breathe out and keep keep you calm. I find my rest periods between sets become a lot shorter because I'm controlling my breath. Yeah, um, and that I just learned during meditation properly. You know. Um, and as you were saying, that's how you get the still in the world in the clutter today. Yeah. Is that I've carried it through after after lockdown, and I've just learned that when things are getting too much and overwhelming, you just need to take ten minutes to yourself, find a quiet spot, quiet place, and 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 be still. Mm-hmm. If, if if you if you start wondering, your mind starts wondering and everything. You you mindful, so you pay attention, you attract, and you say, oh, "I'm here now." And you start counting your breaths, and there's just a process that you go through, and it's helped it's helped me dramatically, bro. And I think for yeah. anybody um, in this day and age where everything needs to be now, everything's mm-hmm. rushed, mm-hmm. everything's proper, everything's uh, needs to be, you know, everything's like expected. There's no patience anymore. Everything's expected now. I mean, like we get information, we Google, we sort it. Yeah. Um, and that's where everything's going. So I think meditation is becoming a lot more important in this day and age to when you and I were kids. Yeah, for because, sure. I mean, we didn't sure. have access to all this nonsense and uh, the, the freedom of, of information and just the, the way the world is today. Mm. And bro, like, um, like most bodybuilders that I speak to, right, or guys in the gym, they always have this like dramatic or crazy story about how it is that they started their journey. Um, so how did you actually like get into bodybuilding or what made you like actually take an interest in it? Bro, my dad actually, my dad used to train with Reg Park eh? and Etic. Reg Park was Arnold Schwarzenegger's like mentor. And yeah. he used to have a gym in Joburg. And when I was small, my dad always used to tell me the story how Reg used to own this gym and he knew everybody by name. He knew every single member. Um, and um, he would greet everybody and if someone had an attitude or brought their ego into the gym he'd ask him to leave and he'd tell me all these stories and how um, 
he would train legs with him and the different different systems and techniques he used to use. So I grew up in that, like, because uh, my dad was also involved in sports his whole life. Bro. He was a sprinter. He'd have probably been a springbok if he didn't have me, that type of thing. He played full contact rugby until he was, like, sure, what, like over 40. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously, uh, I, and then also in my mind, um, I was also, it, it all matters to the, the, the group of friends that you're friends with. Huh? It's so yeah. funny. Because, yeah. I mean, you could be friends with guys who only play hockey or swimmers or whatever. And mm. I, I used to play football. I used to play soccer when I was younger. And then um, I, I started uh, training in the gym and that type of thing. And I liked the, the, the dedication and the discipline that I saw the guys around me having to use to, to get where they wanted to go. Because all it is about is uh, discipline and consistency, bro. Yeah. Bodybuilding is routine, discipline, and consistency. If you put those three, those three together, um, you can accomplish anything. And if you carry those traits over into business or relationships and whatever, you should be a success in anything that you do, really. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then I had obviously friends that were into it, and we started training together. Then I went to Europe. Um, and we start. That's when we started training properly, bro. Like, uh, yeah. I was going to compete at the the one like a British Grand Prix. Then I got injured. Um, we we came back. I got into um, then, then like it wasn't fulfilling me as much because also the bodybuilding industry, yeah, is very different to overseas. Look, it's developed dramatically yeah. over the yeah. past few years, yeah. Um, but um, then I sort of got back. I got I preferred fighting and that type of thing because I was always into like boxing and that when I was younger. Um, and then got into like the boxing and the MMA scene and all that type of thing. Uh, got re-injured re my shoulder, almost tore the tendons on my rotator cuff, so I couldn't really grapple or do anything anymore. So I had to try and keep fights standing up. And yeah. people used to know that. They'd always try and take me down, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, got, then I started coaching. I started strength and conditioning fighters uh, just because I knew what to do. And then um, I started moving over to the physique and bodybuilding arena, got my qualifications, studied started coaching athletes, coached myself, um, assisted a few coaches as well. Like I used to consult a lot. Then when I realized that's not the way to go because I'm getting nothing for it and they're getting the glory, then I just started my own brand. Yeah. Then I opened up my own nutrition store and my own brand and ran that for a while. Then I had two and then um, uh, 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 I, ran, I ran into some um, issues and I had to close the one and then just carried that on, carried it online, bro. And then concentrate on the coaching side, which we did very well. Like we've never missed a placing. I've taken natural athletes and beat enhanced athletes and, and taken them overseas. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then, um, um, yeah, then, then like also you just, just with the industry, it's, it's, it's quite, uh, I don't know how to put it. I don't want to say anything bad about the industry, but the industry is just, just tough, bro. And it's not, it's not the cleanest, as I can, yeah, you yeah. can say that. Like there's a lot of people out there that claim to to know what they're doing and playing with people's lives, and um, then we get all we get painted with the same brush. Everybody. Yeah. So for yeah. example, you go to a, a a facility and you train with a trainer, but this trainer's only trained up to a certain level, and that trainer's only trained in that gym his whole career. Then yeah. that trainer only knows what what those machines do and how to use them, etc. And you have a bad experience with that trainer, you're going to say, then oh, I've used a personal trainer once, I don't want another personal trainer. But were you getting the most out of that personal trainer or coach? You'll never know now because now we've painted him with the same brush and we never want another one again. Yeah. Um, so that's what I find is the biggest problem in the industry. Like there's so many new coaches and new this and new that. And it's, it's quite simple to do your personal training certificate through some of these uh, 
to, 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 to some of these places that anybody can almost become a personal trainer, but what they don't realize it's a profession. Like when I went overseas and I used to personal train in the UK and that, I mean, you get paid decent, but it's also a profession. You get regarded as a professional. Yeah. So over yeah. here, it's just almost like looked down on, you know, mm. like it's not really a profession, et cetera, et cetera. And um, you're not really taken seriously, but overseas, like I can tell you with, with, with uh, uh, right now that if I was in the States or Dubai, like I had an opportunity and a contract to go to Dubai and um, I just didn't take it because my son, I was with my son. Yeah. So um, I would be, I would be away from my son for like six months at a time. And I just wasn't willing to make that sacrifice at the time. Um, and you'd be making, you'd coin it because they're looking for athletes and people that actually know and know everything about bodybuilding, not just the, the image side and the, the good side. They know the good, bad and the ugly of it all. Mm. Um uh, and that, and that's because of because I've been in this industry, not only just fighting, but just the say the athletes, the athletic industry in this country for uh, quite a while. You tend to pick up on a lot of a lot of nonsense that's going on. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. And it just becomes acceptable, so people go with the trend and go with the image and go with that type of thing. So um, actually, like I was I was looking at even leaving the industry just before lockdown. Yeah. Um, just because I was like, like you put so much work and effort into it. And then you get someone who doesn't know anything um, doing something wrong, and then you all get you all get cursed in, in a certain you know in mm, a certain way. Mm, mm. Um, but I've learned one thing. I've learned is if you stick to something and you're passionate about it, and you 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 you're real about it, real with yourself about these things. I mean, you're going to get success. Like the biggest success to me, and the the biggest marketing tool in this game is word of mouth. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of the time is. I mean, my whole team was built with word of mouth and my whole business is built with word of mouth. Like I've hardly ever done real like hardcore marketing. Yeah. Like um, even on my, 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 my business Instagram page is so lame, bro, because I don't have time to operate it as well. Like I, I try to have people operating it for a while, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I've, I've just relied on word of mouth um, and, and a bit of social media here and there. Yeah. And bro, it's crazy that you say like the fitness industry's. um like dirty you know there's a lot of like funny things going on in the in the fitness industry and just um from a personal perspective um like i won't go too much into depth uh with the with with, with the story i think i'll tell it once i'm ready to tell it you know because these days yes. i just feel like you need to just balance out your ego and what's really coming from your heart you know so one day yes. i think i'll tell yes. the story but with me um coming from young i've always been an active guy as well um used to play rugby as well when i was younger um that was my dream yeah. you know to be a professional rugby player um obviously that didn't work out and then yeah i started bodybuilding as well not to compete but it was just something that i took a liking to you know because um, yeah, it's it, about, yeah. yeah yeah and it, it tested me mentally the same as you know being on a rugby field would. so that's why i enjoyed yes. it but then as time progressed i realized that like I was using it as a way to, I guess, a method of therapy, but in a toxic way, in a very vain, toxic way. Because you yes. know, when you're young, you know, you, exactly, exactly. So um, when I actually like hit rock bottom in terms of like my mental state, I realized that, you know, I'm not, I don't actually enjoy this. Like, why am I actually training this hard? No one's paying me. No one's doing anything, you know, to to get me to the next level with regards to this thing, you know? So why am I actually training? Yeah. I started questioning like why I'm doing what I'm doing because it would get so bad to the point where it's like, I've got a date 
But if I'm late, I'm like, I'll make her wait in order for me to go to the gym or the family's doing something. And I'm like, no, I have to hit the gym, whatever, whatever, you know, it took it's first. Crazy, bro. It's yeah, crazy. it took first priority, you know, and I'm, I'm basically bringing this up because of what you said about the guy, you know, who committed suicide. Um, yeah. What's your take on like, just like the toxic traits or the toxic aspects of like, just the fitness lifestyle? Bro, like, what I can tell you is now all these, the, the industry and the images it shows, the, what it depicts is not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Because you have, see these guys that are shredded and vascular and everything and uh, on the cover of these magazines and all this type of stuff. And then you get people like us, if we didn't know any better, looking up to them yeah. and uh, thinking, geez, like, that's what I want to be. And wow, wow, wow. But if you went and, and delved a little bit deeper and saw these, looked at these people's lifestyles, probably even their mental state or even their blood count, you mm. went to the blood test with them. Um, you would see that they're not the healthiest people in the world, <laughs> and yeah. not, not, to, not to a large extent. <laughs> and I'm telling that from a mentally and physical point of view because it's immaintainable. So I, I, I'm a victim of this as well. And I'll, I, I've done shoots and all that type of thing. And bro, a few, like a few weeks after, if you don't reverse diet to the key and watch your hydration and watch this and watch this, you rebound. So you become like huge and full of water and it's quite dangerous for your kidneys, your heart, everything. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, and that part of it, I can tell you, is not healthy. Now the mental part of it, it gives you like, I think everybody, everybody that's competed or whatever, unless they really turn their back on everything, they have a slight eating disorder already, just from bodybuilding, from competing, mm, from prepping. Mm, yeah. Like I've even noticed that with myself, bro. Like, I stick to certain basics, and we'll call it a lifestyle. I even call it a lifestyle because what we do is some of my clients and everything. I tell them that eventually it'll become a lifestyle, but but the goal for my clients is longevity, not to get on stage, not to damage yourself, but longevity. Because that's the end goal of actually the real health wellness and health fitness industry is longevity. Mm. Not to be shredded and vascular and look like a machine and all that type of thing. No, no, no. That's a complete different era and area of exactly. the health and fitness industry. Yeah. Aren't healthy. And if I tell you what they're taking and, and how what they have to do to look like that, the dehydration process and everything, it's not healthy at all. Even, even a doctor will tell you what do they do. Yeah. But as we know how the media controls the world and how, how image conscious people are, especially with Instagram and, and, uh, and social media these days, the images always win. So yeah, true. We, 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 we see this visually and that's what we want. And yeah. then a lot of the time, eventually you get so desperate that you'll do whatever it takes to get like that at mm -hmm. whatever cost. Yeah. And that's where the problem comes in, you know, because that's where you need a mental strength and a good mindset to be able to find the balance and to, to kind of, um, to stop it, to put a stop to it. So mm. even though that I'm not competing, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm in the business. Uh, I can swear on this, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is, this is yeah, not yeah, bro. This is not, this is not a, a PC channel. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, so like I used to tell my guys when I was really like hard up about it or whatever. And I used to say, because I had a lot of guys come to me and when they were training too hard, they would leave and whatever. And that was like my interview process. Uh, me and one of my, well, as well as my second in command of my team, Tabani Moyo, uh, yeah. one of my natural athletes, that um, uh, to this day, the work ethic and the uh, the work ethic and the consistency that that kid put in um, blew me away. He inspired mm -hmm. me actually to carry on because um, he was a natural athlete, right? and he's still young, so he used to go party and stuff still, but not drink. He used to drink his BCAAs. He yeah. used to, at 2 o'clock, set his alarm. He used to go to the car, eat his chicken and rice. He said, make sure he's got protein, his nitrogen was, he, everything was on par every two and a half hours. 
um, and get a full eight hours sleep where they had to sleep until one o'clock in the day, whatever. And so he 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 did it, right? And I saw a witness with my own eyes. Look, yeah. genetics have a huge part to play, and some people are blessed, but uh, it was I saw it happen in front of my eyes. And yeah. um, like what I was gonna say now is even 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 today, uh, <laughs> I like I'll see that. He's he's relaxed and whatever, and he's sure that he was one of the few that got be able to went overseas and studied and kind of just filtered in, you know. Yeah. And he still kept it, obviously that he was a he was almost a pro bodybuilder in the back of his head, but he continued with life. Where people over here, once you're in the industry, it's hard really to get out of it, bro. Yeah. So you, you you're known for this. The image is there, and you don't want to ever lose that image. So exactly, so yeah. for me now, not not competing in that. Um, even though like oh, like that's, that's what I was gonna say. I'm in a I'm in the business of building motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, and uh, not not like these little wimps and crossfitters and all this other nonsense, bro. I was in the business of building motherfuckers. Where now I've seen the the the, the reality and the, the 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 value in longevity. Yeah. Because uh, because of me and my age, like, but when I get on stage, I'm competing against oaks that are ten years younger than me. Yeah. You know, so ten years yeah. younger than me means that there's a hell of a lot less responsibility. There's a hell of a lot less stress. There's a lot exactly. more support. Um, there's, there's, a, there's an, your hormones. It is everything in your favor, yeah. <laughs> except yeah, for the for mature sure. muscle mass. So cool. I might have a goal on mature muscle mass, but this oak guy has taken so much insulin and growth. He's probably picked up more mature muscle mass in the past two years than I could have in the past five years because of abusing certain substances. Yeah. Um, but when he gets to my age, then we'll talk. Like a lot of a lot of guys say that to me. They'll ask me, "How old are you?" And when I tell them, they're like, "No bullshit." And I'll tell them, no, but I've just turned 36. I'm on Daniel to 40. And yeah. they laugh and they can't believe it. Um, and I'll say, now, because I've learned and I've made mistakes myself, I can teach them and say, okay, look, this is what you need to do for cardio. Like, I've got one client now that I've changed his whole life. And when I witnessed that, what, what, what fitness and just the way you feel about yourself and self-esteem. So coming back to the, the mind and the toxic side of it, there is a positive side to it as well. So yeah. if you don't get too deep into it and abuse substances and get into the wrong circles and the wrong teams and the wrong nonsense, and you've got real support mentally and physically um, yeah. and guidance, then it can be a positive thing because you, you lose weight and you become more confident and you become you, 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 you then want that job opportunity. You want to get that, 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 um, that, that, uh, that, uh, the, the new job. Um, you know, and, and go for the, the higher, higher salary and go for the chick that you like or, or work on your marriage or, or play with your kids. Like it, it can be such a positive thing in your life, but yeah. just the lifestyle alone, a healthy and fit lifestyle, not this aggressive steroid abusing um, depiction that the whole industry has. Yeah. Look, I believe, I believe in P performance enhancing drugs. I do for competing and that type of thing. And for what they call performance enhancing. If you need your performance to be enhanced, it, it, it should tell you something that you should be an athlete. Yeah, and you yeah. should be living an athlete's lifestyle of clean sleeping, clean eating, um, hydration, and monitored by a doctor and all that type of thing. Not taking whatever you can to look cool for December. Um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and going and joining in December, drinking alcohol, because what people must understand is it's chemicals, it's chemical warfare. Yeah. So I'm taking PEDs, which for uh, another uh, average person that doesn't know what I'm talking about, steroids, anabolics, if I'm taking that, and then I go out and I'm drinking alcohol. Now, alcohol and steroids are not a good combination. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of people get aggressive just in alcohol alone. And now you've got this raft of, of exogenous hormones coming in. Uh, you mix those two and it's a cocktail for destruction. 
And yeah, that's why people sure. call it Roy Drange, but it's always the non-athlete, the I don't know. I don't know if it's even if if, if there's even a word for it. But I'll call them. I'll just say they're idiots. Idiots that are abusing steroids for for no purpose, no performance enhancing, just to be cool at the gym and to be a gym bunny or whatever the case. <laughs> yeah. And not compete and really understand what it does to you. Then going and partying on the weekend and trying to live that student's lifestyle at the same time, you're just hurting yourself, and you're probably yeah. going to hurt someone else unintentionally as well. Um, and that's also where I believe a lot of the toxicity comes from, because mm. I know guys. Who, who were the quietest guys, bro, nerds, and they got bullied in that type of thing. And what they do is they go to the gym, they take some steroids, they get a bit bigger, and then they become the bullies. Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, but I know you, bro, and this is not you. And it doesn't matter how big you are or how many tattoos you got, um, <laughs> if it comes down to it, you're still going to get mowed down. You know what exactly, I mean? exactly. And that's what I find a lot of people do this for, bro. Like, it kills me. Like, I'll go out. And I'll see people, bro. I will see people and I'll know exactly, okay, this guy's obviously done a few cycles for to look cool, yeah, a Parkhurst or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and, um, and at the back end for my business and my kind of standards, um, it, it just doesn't gel well with me. Yeah. Because that's where the toxicity comes in because people get addicted. It's called bigorexia. They think yeah. they're not big and they just want to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And also the bigger they get, the more intimidating they think they are. And um, in society, it does have this blurred image of, of the bigger you are, like these bad guys, they're the big guys, you know, like even, even look at Terminator and all it's from when we were small, but even He-Man, all these yeah. guys are all muscular and big and crazy looking. Um, and it becomes intimidating. But little do they know is that I know 60 kilogram guys that'll mow any of these guys down. They're boxers. You know? Yeah, I know many. Mow I any know of these many. Guys down. <laughs> yeah, uh, big time. So that, that's that, that. That's and when it comes down to that, bro, if one of these guys gets smashed, oh, their ego is crushed, and then I feel really bad for them because who knows what's going to happen? Because a lot of your image is built on your ego, and when that gets hit, when you get when when that gets crushed, your whole world comes crashing down, bro. Exactly. And that's when people fall into depression and they might commit suicide over something so stupid where there's more to laugh. You know, yeah. it should be what it. What are you adding to life, not what you're taking away? And yeah, I think even, with all this happening. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no. I say I was just saying, like, even with um, like other things, like thinking that maybe because you're this big guy, um, you can pick up any woman, you know, anywhere you go, or whatever. You can treat people differently, or you or can whatever. do whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, like it. I think it like it goes to like all areas of your life because you've got such a big ego. That you think, um, yeah, I can talk to this woman, and because I look the way that I look, um, she's automatically gonna you like can, me, yes, and she's not yes, even gonna look yeah. at like my personality or other factors about me. You know what I mean? So it's actually the weirdest thing ever. And and that's what people do, bro. Like I hide behind it. Yeah. Like um, like I'll be honest with you, I started dating a girl, very different, bro. Chalk and cheese. Like, yeah. Different, different background, completely different overall. And um, when she looked at my Instagram, she thought I was like, she thought I was like, just like this like little gym bunny, like a boot. That's what yeah. she said to me. Aren't you like one of those boots? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is a boot? And she starts <laughs> explaining to me. And I was like, nah, shit, you got this shit all fucking twisted. And then when she got to know me better, then she was so surprised and was like, oh, well, that's okay, cool. And whatever, whatever. And, and it's so funny how people stereotype you, but it's because of those type of guys. Yeah, you know, for sure. That, that are all big and go out and think they can speak to people and treat people differently and then they'll, they'll go and just chat up a girl and think they're going to come right and if they don't, then, then they call the chick names or whatever the case may be. And it's such an uh, old way of living that's going to get you nowhere, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. 
that people need to like people need to be more awakened. And I can tell you that I've learned that. And you need to become more awakened and present and mindful, not only for yourself but everybody around you. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the world is already a um, a pretty uh, a pretty dark place. We could call it. Mm. Um, and what I've what I've realized is it's not it's not it's not like what you can get from anybody. It's what you can give. Yeah, um, and it yeah. costs, and it, and, it, and it really costs nothing uh, yeah, to be more more mindful, more kind. Like like even now, bro. Like I've I've, and this is the perfect version of ego, bro. So I'm an athlete coach. I've probably, and I've also been the the, the black sheep of the industry, bro. I've never wanted to become a, a Evox Oak or whatever or whatever, you know. Yeah. I've kept, I've stayed in my lane, and I've and I've kept associations where I need to with with almost underground people and that type of thing. And just did my own thing. I've never, I've never wanted to really follow anybody or follow trends or anything like that. I've had my own style and techniques for, for like over a decade now. Yeah. And I'll go into a gym and I'll see someone doing something wrong, and I'll assist. And look, it's it's not really in my. I, I'm not really. I don't really like talking to people at the gym. Like if you mm. ask anybody, they probably think I'm an asshole because I put earphones in and I go there to train. Yeah. I don't go there to chit chat and talk and talk about what's happening on the weekend. Talk about this chick and check these chicks out. I never do that. Bro. Like it's not. I go there to train and it's a, like a business for me. It's like there to de-stress, focus, and I'm out. Yeah. And um, and then I'll take my time out and I'll go help this guy trying to do a lat pull down, but I don't know what he's doing because he's not working his lats. And I'll yeah. go try and assist him. And that guy will turn around and give me such attitude, bro. Like oh, I think I know what I'm doing or whatever the case may <laughs> be. I'll be like, and I'll be like, bro. Okay, cool. You do you, bro. And it's, you know, and that's what the, that's where the ego comes in. Because a lot yeah, of these yeah. guys, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy how the attitudes are towards anything. It's like um, they read this on the internet or they saw it in the men's health magazine, and they think they're doing it right. You got someone who's who, they probably don't even know I am. But I'm giving them professional advice for free, trying to help them not hurt themselves, and they'll turn around and be like, yeah, yeah, like, what do you know? And I'll yeah. be like, okay, shot. So, you know, a big attitude. I'll say, okay, I didn't want to embarrass you or anything. I was actually just offering help, but uh, go hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people are, are coming, are being aware now that you can never stop learning, especially yeah, in this industry. Sure. You know, there's so many yeah. developments all the time with supplements and nutrition and, and different cycles and different techniques of training and different coaches from all over the seas. And look, I've been, um, I've been fortunate to be associated with different companies that have been um, coached by some of the top guys overseas and, that, and we've learned a hell of a lot. Mm. And in, in coaching, you, you, you learn and then you spread the knowledge. Yeah. So it's always, it's always in your best favor if anybody's looking for a coach to, 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 to have someone who's learned from someone better than them that they can pass down to you. Yeah, because yeah. my goal is even if my clients nice to teach them, it's all knowledge, bro. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want things to depend, to depend on me because some of these trainers in these other places won't try to get you to your best physical form because I think you're not going to need them anymore. So they'll yeah. keep you just there, just there, just there, just there so that they can keep uh, getting money from you. Where I try to get my clients into prime condition, you know, and yeah. they thank you for it and they appreciate it and they tend to be the most loyal clients around. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's whether it's um, whether it's uh, celebrities or or actual sportsmen or 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 uh, aspiring athletes, uh, anything, lifestyle clientele. Yeah. The, the more personal touch and effort that you put into it, and you give them results um, in all aspects of their life, bro. Yeah. Uh, the more they appreciate it, and the more loyal they are. And that's what I've realized. Where it's not always about what you get; it's how much you give. And I suppose that 
one, if you keep on giving and giving and giving, I'm not, I'm not saying get taken advantage of, but um, if you're just giving the right stuff at the right time to the right people and you, and you tend to become more knowledgeable of the right people and know who they are, et cetera, and you help them for, 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 at no cost or whatever, it tends to come back to you in other ways. Yeah, for sure. And then, Definitely. And, then I, then, and then I suppose, and then I suppose uh, it comes down to everything in the universe and life, mm. you know, like, one thing I can't tolerate is bullying. So if I see that anywhere, even if it's not my problem, I'll always stop it. Yeah. Like I'll always uh, have, have something to say or stop it or get involved or whatever. Um, or if I see someone struggling with something, I'll always help them. And if I know how to help them, whether it's training, eating, fighting, whatever, I'll always just assist them. Yeah. You know? and, and the stereotype that I look like because I'm tattooed and muscular and I'm a bit edgy, a lot of people don't expect that. So when I approach them, they get a bit nervous and anxious. And then when I just speak to them normally and I'm nice about it, they're like so, um, almost so relieved, which yeah. makes me laugh. That's and everywhere I go. <laughs> and it's yeah. in a restaurant and it's a waiter, yeah. whether it's anywhere. Uh, yeah. um, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just doing me. And, I, and, and like, I don't, I don't project any image because I am who I am. Yeah. Um, and look, uh, I don't try and I've, I'll never try to be something I'm not because I've learned the hard way and I've seen friends of mine learn the hard way of trying to be something that you're not. And people are kind of almost refreshingly relieved when you have a conversation actually <laughs> yeah bro you actually you know a lot you're not just about gym and steroids and protein and all this type of stuff you know a lot about I, I like well, what i try and find what i try and say to my people is like i know a little bit or a medium amount of a lot of things yeah um and then the stuff that i'm passionate about i'm not about so like now that i've come into almost uh um epigenetics and mindsets and, and meditation and just the power of the mind as well as your physical form that's what i specialize in but yeah. anything else like you remember it's politics or a certain dj or uh, or fashion people laugh when i'm talking to them about fashion <laughs> um uh, I, I just feel like you you need to just be open-minded and, and and not so narrow-minded about your life and about the world that's the world itself yeah, bro. And it literally like, it, it doesn't cost you anything to be a good human being. I mean, even with us as men, I feel like since young, you know, we've always been led by ego and you always think that you have to be this asshole uh, or have this bro, image that you're an a, asshole and have epidemic, all these, bro. yeah, bro, yeah. all these toxic masculinity traits and masks that you had behind just, you know, to be accepted. And it takes so long to work through those, bro. It yeah. takes patience and it takes real it takes it takes so long, bro. Like yeah, it's, it's consistency quite crazy as well. Especially how much consistent work it takes to work on that. Yeah, because I mean, say you're you're a good-looking guy, or even about like if you if you if you if you've got a great physique and you and you, all this type of thing, you've got to know the boundaries and push back where it needs to be pushed back. Yeah, like for sure. nothing makes you special. You know, yeah. we will. It doesn't matter whether it's your body, your money, whatever whatever category you 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 put yourself in. Um, you know, the only thing that makes a difference is how you make someone feel. So if you mm. make them feel shit, then you're a shit person. If For you make sure. them feel great and good, then you're a good person, bro. Then, 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 then the good things will happen to you. Mm. Uh, because it doesn't matter if I'm driving a, a Ventador or a Polo, we're going to end up in the same box, bro. Exactly. You know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. We end up in the same place. So, so yeah. if you can go changing people's lives and bettering people's lives in any manner, um, I believe that's a choice you should make. So if you've ever got a choice to be an arsehole or be a good guy, look, sometimes I'd, I'd recommend being an arsehole in certain situations, <laughs> certain situations, certain people deserve the arsehole. But a lot of the time, you need to just think about it, 
think about the outcome, be mindful because that's all thought process on its own. Be mindful and be present. Don't let emotions control your decisions. And then a lot of the time you'll be able to respond in a manner that people don't even expect. And if you be nice to someone, it changes the whole game. Yeah, definitely. So if someone's being a prick and you all of a sudden be nice to them, they feel uncomfortable and they actually don't know what to do. They'll probably just leave, right? Because yeah. of, they didn't expect that. And now they've shown that they're an asshole. You've shown that you're not and they don't know what to do with themselves. And that's also ego. If they didn't have an ego, they could just settle and be mindful and chill with you. But they yeah. more than likely just leave. Maybe call your name and leave, you know? Yeah. And it literally like it, it literally dismantles all the negative energy. So yeah. whatever yeah. their intentions and, and, were. And, and one second of being nice. One second of nice. One second of being nice can destroy 50 minutes of being ugly, bro. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And bro, like you. To children, to women, to men. Yeah. Yeah. And bro, you spoke about um, your clientele just now. Um, so obviously, like on socials, I've seen that you you train some high profile people, celebrities as well. Um, the likes of AKA Dales, I've seen I've seen you train um, musicians, all types of people. Um, yeah. What what type of advice do you actually give, um, especially musicians, because the lifestyle that they live, you know, Bro, is not really conducive. Yeah. yeah, it's not conducive for well, like health, health and, fitness. and fitness. Yeah. So like, how yeah. do you actually navigate through that? Bro, I have to just kind of trying to kind of create a balance for them, right? Yeah. Um, go create. So, so, so if they're gonna go out drinking, um, I'll I'll, I'll put them on certain supplements like uh, liver tonics and that type of thing, you know, mm. uh, and tell them to hydrate and tell their managers that when they're drinking this and that, they must have a jug of water there and they need to finish that jug of water. They're gonna finish that bottle, they need to finish two jugs of water. Yeah. Um, and and then a lot of the time when they see me, I make them sweat it out. And then they start realizing themselves the, the opportunity cost. So is mm. it cool to go out and get hammered and then see diamond 48 hours later and I'm puking? No, I'm not amped for that. So I'll manage myself when we're at the party. If I'm <laughs> going to see diamond, I'll manage myself so that when I see him, I've still got my strength and I'm not going to puke and embarrass myself. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost like a, a um, it's, it's such a, 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 almost like a, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word now. A, a, a stressful, like almost like a, a stress relationship, like an elastic band. Yeah. Because sometimes they they stretch, they stretch the limits, and then they always tend to come back. You know, mm. and yeah. it's all about teaching. Because if I can actually teach them what the stuff they're doing is actually doing to their body, and they want their they want their career to be long. They want to be able to perform on stage and be and dance and carry on and whatever and when they see the advantages of how we're training them and then they're performing compared to getting hammered and then they then try to perform and their lung capacity and their fitness on stage etc etc they see the value in it yeah um and a lot of the time these guys become uh we form a relationship and then i can i, I can try and build it into a lifestyle of these as in like i said so they manage to make sure there's water all the time so that i will um also make sure that the right food and they, they, they can i can i can teach them to make the right choices yeah so instead of kentucky get nando's <laughs> for example yeah you know what i mean get, get nando's take of the skin um and that's like one of the hardest uh, uh, hardest obstacles to cross mm. is the eating mm. because you know these guys get given everything though. They yeah, can probably sure. ask, they can, whatever they ask for, they can get. So it's now to get them into the mindset of asking for the right thing and then they're sweet yeah. and, um, and, and keep them committed. So I have to almost be a drill sergeant. Like a lot of them, uh, I, I argue with a lot, bro, weekly, mm. because I have to say, listen, come, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, but no, we went out, whatever. And I get them out, they suffer, but then they appreciate it afterwards. Yeah. Because 
um, I, I like I, I won't take any bullshit. Like I don't mm. have to. You know mm. what I mean? Where the managers and that type of thing need to take bullshit, <clears throat> where I don't have to. Yeah. And on the mental side, that's where I find it, it becomes the most <clears throat> the most value. Because yeah. I mean, anybody can train you, but when they know you and the mental side of it and what you need to to handle the industry from what's expected from you, from uh, from your image, from your stage name, um, and the people around you and those groupies and stuff, to what's expected to you at home from your parents and your 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 children and all that type of thing um, plays a big role. Yeah, you know, to, to to find that balance because a lot of the guys that I don't work with that I've started working with, um, they don't have that balance. Mm. And I've kind of forged into them the the importance of balance because there's gone gone are the days where where, where it's been like um, even look at look at Drake bro Drake has a balanced life but yeah he's got someone who will train him someone who does a diet someone who someone everybody's all the whole structure but there's balance yeah where yeah. where back in the day uh, the guys just used to get hammered <laughs> that's what they used to do is just drink Hennessy smoke weed fuck around get hammered. Um, and carry on, but now the world's developed in such a in such a way that we realize there's no longevity in that, bro. Yeah, for um, sure. And if you want to carry on performing at peak, whether it's private or public, you need to take control of the the the, the health aspect of your life, especially when they got children. But when they got children, they catch a huge or like a rude awakening. Yeah, because now you want to live to see your 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 children get married, and you want to be able to play with them and draw with them and play soccer and play basketball and play whatever you want to play with them without like choking and, and and spluttering and being unfit, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And bro, have you ever like given up on a client because their expectations exceeded like their efforts? Or is that is that something that you can't do as a coach? Do you have to keep on trying? Look, bro, whether it's a, if it's an athlete, uh, I, I, I have. Because if you're an athlete, you should know what needs to be, you, you shouldn't know what's required of you. Yeah. You know? And, it's, and if you're going to want to depend on um, PEDs and that type of thing, I don't work like that. Yeah. So if you want to take more PEDs and not follow your diet, that's not for me. Yeah. Then go find someone else. Hmm. But in a lifestyle client, I think it's very important to work on their mindset towards that because you're actually helping them in the long term. So where, when they, when they, because I always tell them there's no such thing. You can never outtrain a bad diet hmm. at all. You know, hmm. and a lot of these people will think that they can. So I'm doing some cardio and I'll go to McDonald's where it doesn't work like that. So getting them into that mindset and drilling them, and I am quite harsh on them. Um, uh, they, they, they hate to love me, if you know what I mean. They love to hate me. Yeah. Because then they start getting results. They start feeling better. Their friends and family start giving them compliments and that type of thing, and it all works to my favor. Mm. And then they're like, oh, actually, well, they let me, let, let me commit even more. They get even more results. And yeah. then carry on. And eventually, I've got them to change their whole lifestyle where they're changing their kids' lifestyle, where they're changing their wife's lifestyle, et cetera. And it becomes a family effort, which is which is then my goal. Then I've done my job. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, then they'll carry on training with me and they'll get rid of toxic people in their life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I'm saying there is positives to, to this game if you've got the right guidance. Yeah. But yeah. if you're going to follow the internet and follow the trend and follow these, these wrong crowds, yes, then guaranteed it's such a, it's a, it's a, it's a toxic environment to be in. Yeah. Due to the image conscious, due to the ego, due to the stuff that's been passed around and the ill-informed, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And bro, like um, with regards to the industry, like we, we all know that um, the fitness industry is a saturated market. Um, standing out in the fitness industry is not easy, you know? So 
what would your advice be to the to the younger guys that are coming up whether they want to be coaches whether they want to step on stage or whether they just want to be like fit uh, footpreneurs you know selling merchandise or being personalities and stuff like that um what advice would you give them if they if they're looking to make income in this industry because it's not it's not easy no because it's bro you have what i like it, it's going to sound a bit cliche but you have to stay real mm. so you have to whatever you what you can't stop learning yeah. learn from go from go from a coach to a coach or someone who knows just just go everywhere do as much as you can yeah okay? do as much as you can before you uh, market yourself as what you want to be Mm. So in saying that, I want you to get as much information from different coaches and this type of thing and different techniques, even go on YouTube. I mean, because there's, a, there's, a, there's a library of information out there that you can just study yourself, you know, yeah, from yeah. different, yeah, to, 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 uh, to different coaches, to YouTube channels, to everything. I mean, it's so freely available that you can learn anything right now, um, different techniques. And then don't follow trends mm. because you'll think this is the new hot thing. Like say keto, for instance, that keto diet. Yeah. And all these guys start trying to do keto for their clients. And keto has to be so well, so precise to stay healthy, so precise and well balanced and, and managed um, to, to remain healthy. Otherwise, if you're on keto for too long, it can be an unhealthy experience and you could almost poison your client and, and that type of thing. Yeah. But learn try and try it on yourself. Don't be afraid to try it on yourself. So try a diet on yourself. See what works. I'm not mm. saying what works for you works for everybody else, but you'll have a better idea of how it works. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, whether it's keto, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's uh, anything, you know? Mm. And um, try to associate yourself with the right people. I know it's hard and it's quite a smoke and mirrors industry, but uh, always associate with the right, the right people. Yeah. Um, and when it, comes to, when it comes to coaching and that, learn. Yeah. Learn by doing so. You can't. You compete and you try and you do well. You must try and do well in your competing. Don't compete and come a hundredth out of a hundred and then expect yourself to be a coach. Because that's what a lot of these people do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, they don't place, but then they think they can prep you because they prepped, which mm. is not the case. You need to do quite a few comps, um, trial and error on yourself. Be under a few coaches. Get the information. Get their knowledge. Um, feed off their knowledge. Um, and what they say about in any business is surround surround yourself with the people that you want to become. Yeah, but just make sure. They're the right people, okay? Mm. Because what you see is not what always what you get. Yeah, you know. So, so I know that some of the some of the most popular people and stuff like uh, I don't even know how they became some of the most popular people, etc. But um, that's why I'm saying is like you need to just be sure and do your research. Yeah. Research, create your own brand, and work at it. Never, dive, never, never like um, deviate. Mm, so mm. if you're gonna be a, a a bodybuilding coach or a bikini coach or whatever the case may be, that's what you do. That's what you work on. You start getting more information. You start working with those type of coaches. You start working with different athletes. You go, you speak to athletes. You don't feel afraid to speak to anybody and get this, build your own library of information and everything. Um, whether it's on PEDs, whether it's on different diets, whether it's on different types of body, um, body types, um, do it. Get yeah. as much information and then start giving away. Like yours, maybe comp, comp a few sessions. Um, you know, help people um, get results. Do 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 six week challenges. Do eight week challenges where they can see your work, where you can do transformations. Because after all, that's going to be your testimonials. Yeah. And you stick to those, and then you then you start forming your business because now you've changed old Tom, Dick, and Harry's bodies, yeah. And mm. what's to stop you from changing someone else's? So 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 that, that's that's I think the prime way of getting into it. But then keep to your standards um, and, and morals because that gets that gets strained a lot. Like you yeah. might see an easy way out, 
or easy way of doing something or whatever, but just bear the consequences in mind. Yeah. Because yeah. as a coach, as a professional, as a personal trainer, as anyone consulting, you've, you're playing with somebody's life. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, when I say that is uh, you, you are really because you're playing with their body and yeah. you're playing with their hormones and their future and that type of thing. And what I've said is you can't take, you can't take advice from somebody who's not going to, um, who's not going to be around for the consequences. Mm. And, and, and that needs to, that needs to be uh, like almost engraved in everybody's mind. Do not take advice from somebody who's not going to be around for the consequences. Because mm. I've seen the consequences and what happens, and um, and the people just turn around and say, "Well, I didn't put a gun to it. I didn't tell you to. I didn't force you to take it." But yeah. I mean, you're paying someone for the right advice because you think they're knowledgeable. You know nothing, so it's like going to GP. The GP tells you take these antibiotics, even though they're so shit for you, you're going to take them. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's what I think. It's it's not governed correctly in the industry. But um, my advice would be was do your research, st- start your own. Like, do something different. Be you. Like, like um, you don't see me, um, you don't see me, uh, for example, oh, what can I say now without getting in trouble? Well, we're deranged or pained and all this bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, like, if, mm. if you pay me, I'll consider it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to go and expose these, these other fucking brands for shits and giggles because I've got, like, more, you could say, self-respect in, mm. in a sense, as in, I'm talking about as an athlete or coach or something, not yeah. just someone who wants to look fashionable, yeah. look like a cool guy in the magazine. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so stay, st- stick, to, always stick to your own and research everything, bro. Like I got to where I am today with research and learning and trying different things on myself, and then and then eventually using that to to get myself in peak condition, and then using that knowledge that I picked up from all of that to coach different athletes. Um, and, and you learn, you, you're continuously learning. There's not one cookie cutter or copy and paste ever. Mm, like a yeah. lot of people do it and it does not work. You know, it's, it's not work. That's what you're paying for. So you always have to be hands-on and, um, and only, take on what you, only take on what you can handle. Yeah. Because you'll get, you get to a point if you stick to your guns and you do the research and you, you create your own brand, your own personality and all this type of stuff, it's going to take time. You're associated with the right brands. You're associated with the right people. You're going to make mistakes. But when you get there, do not take over more than you can handle because then you're going to lose your, 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 your personal touch. Yeah. As in a lot of people start copy and pasting just to make money. And then um, they don't get the results that they want. Instead of taking, instead of taking say, 50 clients – Take 15. And if you want to really take a 30 client, hire somebody. Yeah. Hire someone that you can trust, that you can school and you can delegate to, you know? Mm. Um, because, because, because one hard lesson I learned, I was, um, I was at a talk and I think it was uh, 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 John Sanai or Vusi Tembequire. And um, they asked a question that, are you an entrepreneur? And I was like, no, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. And then he was like, no, no, no. Are you an entrepreneur? And I was like, yeah, of course. And it was like, wow. So I was like, wow, because I started my own business. I started my own brand and all this type of thing. And wow, wow. And then it was like, okay, but um, do you work? Is it, is it, how, do you, how do you earn money in that business? Do you work yeah. for that business? And I said, yeah. So they said, well, then I'm going to correct you, my friend. You're self-employed. You're not an entrepreneur. Mm. And then that blew my mind, bro. <laughs> because then I was like, actually, <laughs> actually they're fucking right. Yeah, they're fucking right because I am so employed because I'm the one doing the work or whatever. An entrepreneur starts a business, starts a structure and delegates and makes money off that while running another business. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Mm. Um, and, and, and that blew my mind on the business side of things. Yeah. People get a bit too caught up in, in that type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah my, my biggest, uh, getting back to the advice is that it just stick to your lane and, and do what, do like, do your best at what you know how. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Don't try and do something out of your, out of your capacity. Like, don't be a personal trainer and then all of a sudden try and be a coach. Yeah. Learn. Learn from coaches. Coach yourself and then pass on the information and then take on some trial athletes. Don't charge them. Take on some trial athletes. Help them. Get the results from them. And I'm telling you now, you'll build a company just from word of mouth and, and getting athletes into good condition. Then start charging. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're giving someone the worth it. Uh, because it's never about the cost. It's about the value. Mm. And I That's, find that in everything now. Yeah. I find that in everything in my life. But if I go to a restaurant, like I went to a restaurant the other day and it was very, it was costly. And I just thought to myself, look, if I was happy with the amount of food and, and the quality and everything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to myself, well, I'm not coming here again. Yeah. Because, because I wasn't getting my, my value for money, um, I was like, yeah, look, I won't, I won't do that. You know, like I won't come here again. And that's what I, what I, what I found. Like that bottom line is it's never about the cost. It's about the value. Yeah. That's really interesting, bro. Chris, thank you so much for, for coming onto the platform. Um, Pleasure, bro. You, you, you really shared some, some words of wisdom that I think people needed to hear. Um, and yeah, bro, I think before you go, is there anything that you'd like the listeners to know or, uh, where they can find you as well on social media. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, for now, um, my, my, my link is at I am underscore the diamond. Um, mm-hmm. That's my personal one. That's pretty public. And I've got the business one as well. That's at building underscore athletes. Yeah. Um, as I said, I'm not too active on that one, but I normally combine them both and try cross pollinate and cross market them. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's it for now. And um, in person, I'm at uh, Move Fitness in Sunning Hill and Morris Arch. Um, and then obviously online, a lot of people contact me online. I help them through zoom. I help them through, uh, WhatsApp, video calls, uh, anything we now, now we have the luxury of having all this technology. I can train anybody in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, which is a luxury at present. Um, mm. so yeah, bro, I thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. And I'm definitely sure that we'll chat again.